I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, December 9th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Peak Pals, a quick update on yesterday's fact of the day. Now, according to the Forbes Wealth Tracker, Bernard Arnault was only the richest person in the world for approximately 100 minutes before Elon Musk regained the top spot. Short but sweet, I have to say, but I wouldn't count him out to retake the top spot from anytime soon. Luxury goods, the type that Arnault and his pool of brands make, are widely considered by economists to be near recession-proof because, especially in a recession, wealthier individuals are some of the only folks still willing or able to spend. And some analysts expect that shoppers are expected to continue to splurge on luxury goods in spite of a possible global recession, bolstering the $353 billion sector. So, Bernard Arnault, I know you lost the top spot, but at least I believe that you'll be taking it back very soon. We believe, the Peak Pals believe, that you'll be number one soon enough. Here's what else we've got for you today, Peak Pals. For our first story, Canadians are cutting giving. For our second story, approaching a debt crisis. And for our last story, changes to foreign investment in Canada. For our first story, the holiday season has always been a time for opening our hearts and wallets to charity, but this year, more Canadians are cutting giving out of their budget as they try to conserve cash. Now, here's what's driving the news. Almost half of Canadians plan to either give less to charity this holiday season than they usually would, or not give at all in the face of high and rising living costs. A spokesperson for the Salvation Army, the quintessential holiday charity with its famous kettle campaign, told Global its fundraising is down 20% this year. High inflation also means that every dollar donated doesn't go as far as it used to, with one survey finding that 83% of small charities dealing with rising operating and delivery costs. Now, here's why it matters. Canadians have been giving less since the pandemic began, 12% to be exact, between 2019 and 2021. And they're set to pull back even further. Meanwhile, the same economic factors, they've left 22% of Canadians seeking charitable help to make ends meet. Now, a myriad of Canadian charities have reported increased usage this year, perhaps most notably Food Banks Canada, which saw a record number of visitors in March. But almost half of Canadians claim they are still thinking about those that are less fortunate, going as far as to say they would prefer to receive a charitable gift, like a donation in their name this holiday season, in case you need some gifting inspiration. For our second story, a dozen developing countries might spin into a debt crisis within the next year, spelling financial trouble for some of the world's most vulnerable people. This is all per the New York Times. Now, some estimates are showing countries owe $200 billion US to wealthy nations, banks, and private creditors. Meanwhile, rising interest rates have increased the value of the US dollar, making it harder for those with debt denominated in US dollars to pay their loans. Let's catch you up on all of this. So nations with unreliable revenue sources have long relied on debt to finance everything from energy imports to infrastructure. But recently, their debts have shifted from being owed to governments to commercial lenders. These are banks who often offer worse terms. Now, many economies were already on shaky ground before the effects of the pandemic, inflation, and the war in Ukraine pushed another 100 million people into poverty. It matters because beyond making it harder for indebted nations to import the goods they need to survive, think crucial imports like food and energy, a wave of loan defaults would spur a political rethink around the world and how freely debt moves across borders. A debt crisis in developing countries will also impact advanced economies through increased migration flows and social unrest. At least this is according to the World Bank president. Now, next, 
mass defaults from small developing economies likely won't lead to a full-blown financial crisis, but it's in everyone's best interest to find a way to reduce debt, reschedule payments, and increase these countries' resiliency to economic shock. For our third story, the government is looking to implement new rules under the Investment Canada Act that would require foreign actors to give advanced notice of investments in sectors deemed as quote-unquote sensitive and subject those investments to conditions from Canada's industry minister. So right now, foreign investors aren't required to notify the government of planned investments or acquisitions until 30 days after the investment is closed. The feds didn't say exactly what sectors will be affected by these changes, but the industry minister did confirm that critical minerals, quantum computing, and AI would all be covered. This is important because though China isn't mentioned in the proposal, experts are reading between the lines, and many believe stricter foreign investment rules are yet another move to put a fence around Canada's emerging critical mineral sector to keep out Chinese state-owned firms. But to zoom out, By some accounts, China has done a much better job capitalizing on Canada's critical mineral sector than even Canada, spending $90 billion since the 2000s to stake its claim in the industry. Canada's only operating lithium mine is still owned by a Chinese company, but some are skeptical over how impactful the rules will be, with one trade lawyer telling the Globe, it reads tough, but in reality, I can't see how this would have changed the outcome of any recent major decision. It's mostly housekeeping. So peak bells, we'll have to wait and see. PeakPal, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And hope you have a great rest of the day, Peak Pals.